Hello, and welcome to Aussie Wisdom. I'm your host, Chris Anderson, and you can find everything Aussie Wisdom related on AussieWisdom.com. As a podcaster, obviously I have people I look up to. One of those people is Tim Ferriss. So as an introduction to this show, I've gone through and answered Tim Ferriss' 11 questions from his book, Tribe of Mentors. And you can also view the answers to these questions in text format on the AussieWisdom.com site. I also plan on asking some people over time these questions just for something different. Question one, what is the book or books you've given most as a gift and why? Or what one to three books have greatly influenced your life? Now I've gone a bit overboard with this and listed 15 books. I'm gonna quickly run through them and I give more details on the aussiewisdom.com website. For someone with similar interest to me, these are the books I'd recommend rapid fire. Number one, Man's Search for Meaning, Viktor Frankl. Number two, Give and Take by Adam Grant. Number three, The Billionaire Who Wasn't by Connor O'Cleary. Number four, Social Intelligence by Daniel Goleman. Number five, Mindsight by Dan Siegel. Number six, The Brand That Changes Itself by Norman Doidge. Number seven, Flourish by Martin Seligman. Number eight, Resilience by Eric Greitens. Number nine, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Number 10, Relentless by Tim S. Grover. Number 11, To Sell as Human by Dan Pink. Number 12, The Coaching Habit by Michael Bungay Stania. Number 13, Mindset by Carol Dweck. Number 14, and probably my personal favorite, Mastery by Robert Greene. And number 15, Intuition by Paul Fenton Smith. What purchase of $100 or less has most positively impacted your life in the last six months or in recent memory. My readers love specifics like brand and model, where you found it, etc. With streaming apps like Spotify and SoundCloud readily available, we have almost all the music and podcasts in the world on our phones at all times. A decent set of headphones is a worthwhile investment. The Audio-Technica M20X comes in at under 100 bucks. I paid a little more and bought the M40X for under 200 they're worth it. How has a failure or apparent failure set you up for later success? Do you have a favorite failure of yours? I took career break from my role as a management consultant in 2013 and I took some time to consider my next steps. I moved to Toronto, Canada at the same time. I'd never considered working for myself before and I wanted to try it out. Failure scared the hell out of me so I had a history of taking the safe path to minimize the possibility of failure. I took a commission-only role with Investors Group, a financial services company in Canada where I learned a lot and met the sales targets for a year, although I also earned less than my previous year at KPMG. That felt like failure. I joined a real estate team, Scholarhood, where I thought the financial opportunities would be better and I could work with some awesome people. Again, I learned a lot and had some success, although it was a difficult situation where the team's pipelines gave me plenty of clients, but I felt I wasn't knowledgeable enough to provide a quality service given my lack of Toronto real estate knowledge. Finally, I left the team to build my own real estate business within a Keller Williams brokerage, focusing on the area where I lived near the Danforth on the east side of Toronto. I wasted a few months learning the ropes and getting everything perfect before I started prospecting for new business. At the six-month mark, I broke my leg and I launched a marketing campaign that I'd been working on. It took a long time to develop, but it didn't deliver the kind of results I wanted. 
but it really did was quench my curiosity. So I learned a lot, but that didn't pay the bills. Still, I built my first website, so that was a milestone. It still felt like failure. <clears throat> I started prospecting during my recovery from my broken leg, but I was working at nowhere near the activity level I'd been working at on the team. This meant I had more knowledge now, but far fewer clients. I learned the hard way that businesses don't run very well when the pipeline is dry. I joined a team at Path Real Estate to hold me accountable and my activity level and results improved. They also taught me plenty about sales training, role playing and coaching. I gave up half of my revenue to be on that team. It annoyed me that I had to pay such a large financial cost to make up for my lack of accountability. I made the decision to leave real estate and I moved back to Australia. From a results perspective, I viewed this period as a failure. From a growth perspective, I view it as a success. The key lesson I learned was that personal accountability is paramount to success in business and life. I also realized it wasn't yet my strong suit. Most people hire a coach or a personal trainer to keep them accountable. I figured it wasn't really necessary to hire a boss, so I built an accountability group for daily fitness activities. This accountability group turns my personal effort into a team outcome and it ensures I don't let myself let the team down. I've also translated this accountability into my work activities. It's interesting to note that one good habit breeds more good habits. It took a few difficult years for me to learn this lesson and it certainly felt like failure, but it set me up for future success. If you're interested, membership in the Daily Duns group could also help you on your path toward future success and you can check it out at the andoandco.com website, the Seven Habits link. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, metaphorically speaking, getting a message out to millions or billions, what would it say and why? It could be a few words or a paragraph. If helpful, it can be someone else's quote. Are there any quotes you think of often or live your life by? My quote is either write something worth reading or do something worth writing by Benjamin Franklin. That's also why I'm interested in sitting down and hearing about people's stories. Number five, what is one of the best or most worthwhile investments you've ever made? Could be investment of money, time, or energy. I invested a year into working for Scholarhood, a real estate startup in Toronto. We worked alongside another more established financial services startup called RateHub. I was there when we acquired an industry-leading brand, Zucasa, and started rebuilding the team to suit the future vision. Because our website delivered so much value, we were best in class from our lead generation, and it was awesome to see how quickly a well-considered website can fill a sales pipeline. I'd never witnessed what it was like for people to turn their dreams into reality before, let alone people under 30. I was hooked. It made me realize my need to work on my own projects in order to be fulfilled. Hence this podcast. Number six. What's an unusual habit or an absurd thing that you love? I love a lot of things that people hate, like public speaking and job interviews and conversational role play. I don't personally consider these things as absurd, but I know they're not for everyone. I'd hazard a guess that it was probably drama class growing up that turned these absurdities into strengths. Number seven, in the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Daily accountability, 50 push-ups. If you don't do it one day, make up for it for the next. If you don't make up for it, pay $5 for each day you skip. Tally it all up and give the money to charity at the end of the year. Best done at a group of friends or join our group at andoandco.com slash accountability. 
interestingly enough, I've moved on at the moment from daily push-ups and I'm just doing daily cardio, uh, looking to drop a few kilos and hit my goal of 88 kilos, which is a couple of kilos heavier than I was when I finished school in uh, 2003. Number eight, what advice would you give to a smart, driven college student about to enter the real world and what advice should they ignore? Now, this is just for me and it's what I would have liked to have heard. Start early. Use your years in university to get out there and start listening to other people's stories, contributing to their dreams and considering your own. Reach out to people you admire and ask for what you want, especially if it aligns in some way with what they want. Gain experience. Be willing to work for free. Hang out with other people that have done far more with their lives than you have. It will start to become normal. You'll live up to their normal and your experience will be so much further ahead than it would have been had you continued to hang out only with your natural peers. If you can, leave your hometown for at least six months. Force yourself to meet new people, soak up the scenery and question your old thought processes. I found the new environment helped me immensely. Read books, listen to podcasts, follow your curiosity and share what you've learned. Align yourself with other growth-oriented people and push each other to cultivate outstanding lives. Along the way, give everyone in your network an opportunity to meet one another. Ask them to do the same. A rising tide will lift all boats. You can find one at a regular meetup at Beers With Mates. Check out Beers With Mates at beerswithmates.com. Finally, don't play it safe. Consider yourself the writer of your own story. Imagine that you'll have to read it on your deathbed. Everyone at your funeral will get a copy. As Benjamin Franklin said, either write something worth reading or do something worth writing. In my opinion, it's better to do than write, but there's always both. Number nine, what are bad recommendations you hear in your profession or area of expertise? You shouldn't get close, too close to your clients. Always have them meet you at your office. In my opinion, client service is based on closeness. As you become to build a stronger relationship, there's more trust. When there's more trust, you can do far more with that relationship. Number 10. In the last five years, what have you become better at saying no to? Distractions or invitations, etc. And what new realizations and or approaches have helped? Any other tips? I'm not very good at this one. I typically lead with yes or trying to change the offer to better suit me. Learning to say no could be my next lesson. The final question. When you feel overwhelmed or unfocused or have lost your focus temporarily, what do you do? If helpful, what questions do you ask yourself? This is one that I've only worked out over the last couple of years, but I go for a walk or a bike ride listening to my favorite music. Near water or nature is best. If I need to think, I skip music with lyrics and I like to skip to stick to continuous mixes so the breaks don't interrupt me. I believe SoundCloud is best for that. And I've linked to a James Abila Rick's mix on the website for a good example. I've been a fast walker before, and I still am at times, but I realize it's way more enjoyable to take your time when possible. It's just not worth it trying to become the fastest walker. 
if only I can think similarly about bicycle commuting. As you'll see on some of the videos I post, I love cycling and I expect it will become a big part of my life. Hope you love it too. Thanks for listening and I look forward to speaking more on the podcast where I do less speaking and you get to hear far more from my guests. Bye.